Hello, Radsters! You are listening to a magical episode of the Weekly Roundup with Alex and Dan. I'm going to be doing the shuffle puff for the next... <laughs> What's the shuffle puff? A dance. Oh, okay. Is it a thing? It yeah. is now. Okay. I'm uh, Dan. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be going to the Yuletide Ball but sit on my own in the corner like a, a good old uh, Hogwarts student. I'm Alex. And well, we've got someone else in the studio this week, haven't we? Yes. I'm Vicky and I've been sorted into this episode. Oh, oh. she's good. She's so good. All the puns. All the puns. We want plenty of that. Welcome, Vicky. So um, what are we going to be doing this week then, um, guys? We're pottering it up. We are. We are going full-blown Harry. And yeah, we're going to be talking about our favourite Harry Potter moments this week, aren't we? In chronological order. We are. So well, by film or by book, one the same. And we'll be talking about perhaps some of our most favourite moments. And I guess at the end, Dan, we'll talk about well, some of our, our listeners' choices. We will. From the socials. Brilliant. Yeah. So uh, who wants to start first? Shall we let the guests go first? We'll let Vicky... Do you have anything from the first book or film, Vicky? Well, I think uh, the st- first starting point is the most important point, isn't it? Because I open at the close. I open at the close. Yeah, what do you think that means? I don't know. Okay. So, first Potter book, 1998, is when the Battle of Hogwarts happened. So I open at the close in on the snitch that yes, Harry yeah. opens, yeah, which yeah, contains yeah. the final Horcrux and one of the most important Horcruxes that leads Harry to his death, or does it? I think my favourite part of the Philosopher's Stone has got to be, um, the, in the film, the bit, you're a wizard, Harry. Excuse me. Who are you? Rubius Hagrid, keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts. Of course, you'll know all about Hogwarts. Sorry, no. No? Blimey, Harry, didn't you ever wonder where your mum and dad learned it all? Learned what? You're a wizard, Harry. It's timeless and it's classic. Is that is that the beginning with Dumbledore? No, that's with Hagrid. Hagrid who comes to find Sorry, him Hagrid, yeah. in the sea. He's in the dodgy little hut, in isn't the he? Hut, in the middle of the ocean. But is it a lighthouse or is it just a random hut in it's on like it, The book describes it exactly as the film um, depicts it. A rundown. It is a rundown brick house in the middle of the sea. Yeah. And Hagrid says very clearly, You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard. Brilliant. Harry. And that is just Fantastic. My second favourite point is in the book is Ron um, just before the sorting and they have to put the hat on where the, they're sorted into their individual houses. Ron says to Harry, oh, kill Fred. He was going on about wrestling a troll. And right. It's just really funny. Yeah, and I think I think that's interesting, you know, in terms of you know, we don't quite see all of the comedy from the books and the films. We see some of the cheeky bits of the Weasley brothers. But you don't really see too much kind of the interaction between Ron and his brothers, do you? And I think that's that's one of that kind of the, the bits I think they've kind of missed the point on in the in the films because they do have quite an interesting relationship, doesn't he, Ron, with his, his brothers and also um, his older brother who leaves. At the, he, Percy. Percy, mm. yeah, because Percy still features for the first. Is it two books? No, for, Percy features until um, the Order. And, oh, does he? Um, oh, because it's a house. Yeah, so they actually boys, all go to... They all end at the Order of the Phoenix. Um, Percy has left the family over the summer because Harry's been so cut off from the family and all the kind of wizarding world. Oh, yeah, he He's know. not been told mm. um, because, obviously, we see in book four that Percy's become um, Barty Crouch Senior's secretary, yep. where he calls him Weatherby. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. No, it's... um. 
yeah, that was a good choice actually. So yeah, he uh, he doesn't realise that he's uh, he's a wizard, and it's it's very earnest, isn't it? Yeah, Hagrid. You know, it's it's a simple soul, and it's just it's, it's so so well delivered. I think it's um, who's the the actor who plays uh, Hagrid? Robbie Coltrane. That's it, Robbie Coltrane. Just there's no one else no, who could do it, is there? Perfection. It's um, it's such a good casting, and yeah, he delivers the uh, the line fantastically. Don't you believe with the part around Ron and I'll kill Fred about the wrestling of the troll? Is actually that doesn't that display everything we've all experienced of going to secondary school? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what happens. Your older siblings there before you, they tell you what's going to happen. You have this yeah. huge expectation. For me, it was a huge rumor around head down the toilets. Yeah. Oh for God, yeah, 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 yeah. So for Ron, it was wrestling a troll to be sorted into a house, which I just think is fantastic. And then they wrestle a troll later on. They do. I, I wow, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the, the next film. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we should probably add, I mean, the reason why Vicky's here is not, well, she's obviously knowledgeable, but she's our actual resident podcast channel expert on this subject. She is. Um, mm-hmm. You love the books, you love the films. I do, oh, yeah. Um, and every week that goes past, she, she, she imparts some kind of knowledge or fact of Harry Potter, and it's wonderful. So She's our Harry Potter to the MCU. Yeah, indeed. So, um, yeah, well, is that your, your first two from the first? Yeah, first I film? think so, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't, uh, guys, I haven't got anything from the first film. What? Okay. Who even are you? <laughs> but I've, I've got quite a few to choose from, I think eight or nine as we go through, but nothing from the first film. And, and that's because I think every other film kind of trumps the bits that I choose from the first film anyway, so... I guess, Dan, it's over to you. Well, I've chosen The Wand Chooses the Wizard. Uh, can I just say that John Hurt as Ollivander is just is phenomenal. Was it John Hurt? It was, yeah. Oh, OK. Uh, he's sort of very, sort of quite cold, I guess, but very sort of intrigued by Harry. Um, but we sort of see how The Wand chooses the witch or the wizard, should we say. Mm. Um, Harry sort of tries all these various ones, and it's sort of fun to see how the wrong how the wrong wand reacts with him. Yeah. So he's sort of blowing boxes off the the shelves. Well, he, he ruins the shop, doesn't he? Effectively, yeah, there's boxes everywhere, and I think there's one he tries. He blows up a vase. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this chilling moment where Harry sort of gets his wand, and we sort of find out how it's unique. So the the phoenix feather that's in Harry's wand is the same phoenix that gave another. And the brother wand that dealt the scar to his head. Which is instrumental as to how Mm. Voldemort can't kill Harry. Yeah. And actually, effectively, that's that Horcrux connecting with the wand, isn't it? Mm. That its brother is in Voldemort's wand. It's it's all from the beginning, and that's what makes it so beautiful, I think. But but do you think, though, that J.K. Rowling really planned it like that? Or was she just winging it? No, I think think it was all kind of... Because there's, there's so many subtleties in the very beginning. There's very little mistakes in the Harry Potter series, and that's incredibly True. rare yeah, in any series. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really subtle as well, and mm-hmm. it's subtle as you go through. It's okay. really It's very intricate. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it might be worth putting in a soundbite in for this one where John Hurt explains the wand. Curious. Very curious. Sorry, but what's curious? I remember every wand I've ever sold, Mr. Potter. It so happens that the phoenix, whose tail feather resides in your wand, gave another feather. Just one other. 
It is curious that you should be destined for this wand when its brother gave you that scar. And who owned that wand? We do not speak his name. The wand chooses the wizard, Mr. Potter. It's not always clear why, but I think it is clear that we can expect great things from you. So yeah, that is John Hurt explaining to Harry about the wand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's quite a, um, uh, a good shot. And of course, that's not the, the last time we visit that shop. Um, we visit in the well, in the following film, isn't it? When there's the the book signing. No, that's isn't not it? that shop, is it? That's, is it not? That's Flourish and um, so that's sorry, that's um, Flourish and Blots that we visit um, for the books. So we when see it at the very end. Mm. So we don't we don't see his shop again until the Half Blood Prince, where there's a question that Ollivander has actually vacated the premises of Diagon Alley, when actually, in fact, he's, he's been kidnapped. It. Yeah. And oh, of course. We, yeah, because then murdered. we. Yeah, well, he's not murdered. actually. We see him again, don't we? In but the Deathly Hallows. But doesn't he die? No, he he's ends up. He's in the basement, isn't he? He ends up in Malfoy Manor in the basement. Malfoy Manor. And he's with Luna, and then Dobby saves their lives, and then oh. sadly we miss the passing of our Dobby. Yeah. Our Dobby. Our Dobby. Okay. No, very good. And, uh, and that's, I guess, why I haven't chosen uh, anything from the first film, because Diagon Alley and these kind of characters they do crop up I think they, they build upon it in the latter films mm. hence why I could say well for the first time you see it, it is such a magical moment but actually I think that when we re- revisit it you've got the context and you understand more about the wisdom world and it becomes more meaningful for me so that's why there's nothing in the first one yeah at all okay no are you done for the first one that is it for the first one for me well perhaps I'll kick off then on the second so Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets back in 2002 the film book was is it 98, I think, or something? Um, no, so the first book is 98, and then the second one, I think, was around um, 1990,000. OK. She's churning them out. Um, so I'm going to choose, very early on, probably the first 15, 20 minutes. Any ideas what I might choose in Chamber Secrets? Uh, first 10 to 15 minutes, you say? Mm. Is that the one with the flying car? Mm-hmm. Mm, so I think you're probably going to be choosing the flying car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spot on both of you, yeah. yeah. So when Harry and Ron flew the Weasley's car to Hogwarts. Now, of course, something's amiss. Uh, they get to the station just... I mean, they're late, right? Mm. But just by the skin of their teeth. But they can't get through the, the, the wall in nine and three quarters. Computer says no. Pesky mm. magic. So, um, of course, Ron um, says, well, why don't we just get into the uh, the bewitched Ford Anglia? Which actually, well, we've sat in, haven't we, last year? Yeah, we this have. This time last yeah. year, actually, Vicky, Yeah, we? December um, 2018. You lucky devils. Yeah. It's mm. not very comfortable. It's not, no. They've got plastic seats, haven't they? And it's, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you slide along and it's just, it's not very nice inside. No. But it's it's the car that they, they filmed in. Um, no, it's not, actually. No, it's it's a replica because the film, I remember now, the car they filmed in, um, it actually burnt down. Oh, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About um, uh, two thousand and nine, I think, or something. Too. I take it the Whomping Willow didn't like trash it like it does in the film. Not in real life. Oh, Not shame. IRL, no. Um, but yeah, in the uh, in the film, it does of course. And um, they've got a uh, invisibility kind of cloak, so they they drive off to the station. Um, they miss the train, and they they steal the car. Maybe we should just go and wait by the car. 
God knows where um, the dad is. Well, Mr. I mean, Weasley. the book explains it a lot better, but the this I is guess why she's the, here, film, guys. the film has to cut it out, doesn't it? Mm. Because you can't really have Harry and Ron leaving King's Cross looking for said car. Because actually, where would one park around King's Cross? Yeah, but come well, on, totally. Yeah, to find it, to then decide, yes, this is how we're going They're to get to the Where is what? Do you remember where Mr. Excuse me, where Mr. Weasley is? Yeah, Mr. Weasley and Mrs. Weasley are actually um, on the platform. No, they were on the platform. So Harry and Ron were delayed behind them. And then they... um, It doesn't explain it in detail as to how they come out and find it because obviously you are following Harry and Ron. Mm. So it's only when the howler comes do we know. Yes. And that's a that's Which is a letter. Yeah, Yeah, which is another great scene as well. Uh, I was debating whether or not to add that into my... um, into to my favourite moments, the Howler, because it's just it's yeah. it's a quality moment. But no, um, the Joyride, which I think is is a bit of a drastic kind of turn. You missed a train for school, mm. okay? But as we later find in in the the other films, there are other ways to get there. Yeah, flu powder, the flu powder. There is a port key. Um, um, they can't apparate. They can't their age, but they but can, they can with side along. You can yeah. side along, apparate to Hogsmeade, and then walk in. So it feels like they kind of chopped the gun. And Speak they, to an adult. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just or wait for your parents to get back because they've parked the car there. But anyway, no, they get into the car, they fly off, they take to the skies, and they turn on the invisibility cloak. Um, but it's uh, it's not not too quick enough, and they end up being snapped by the paparazzi, and they're in the papers. And of course, they get um, they get bollocking for it. Am I right in thinking that one of them falls out the door? And they're there dangling over point. the train. There is a point. Yes, when they're, <laughs> yeah. they're flying over Scotland. Uh, or it's not Scotland. Or is it actually Scotland? I'm not sure if they ever acknowledged I the... I think f- it was filmed there. It was. I think there's a particular railway, isn't there? There's a very um, famous railway line that um, is featured in the mm. films, and, and I'm pretty sure it's in Scotland. It's the Hogwarts Express, Vicky. That's the, the railway line. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, they're, yeah, they're flying over the, 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 the bridge, which sees a lot of action during those films. And is it... Uh, is it Harry that falls out? I guess it must be because yeah, no, Ron's, Ron's driving. Yeah, it is, because Ron's driving. Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, they have that mishap because, of course, they don't know where the train is and they look behind them and trains trains come up behind them quick and, yeah. But surely one of the teachers on the train or someone would have seen the car. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Anyway, I anyway, think, we're, we're yeah. pretty good part of a fantastical okay. film. But um, that's why I've chosen it because, actually, it's an interesting kind of break from the characters. I'm not sure they would have really done it in character. I think there's a logic there because Harry's very straight-laced. There's a little bit of naughtiness to him, but he's pretty to the point. I'm not sure Ron would have done it because he knows his parents would have you know, whacked him on the head. But anyway. Um, and yeah, at the end, of course, the car gets ditched at the top of the Whomping Wallow. Well, then, it throws them out, doesn't it? And then, yeah. It throws mm. them out and it goes to live in the Forbidden Forest where Which, it remains for a while. What a, what a real shit place to go. 
Yeah. Well, actually, the forest is mythical, and it's got <clears throat> a an awful lot of space. And I tend to find as the books grow, so does the forest. Yeah. I think that's I think that's got some validity there, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Because it feels so big. Especially in Deathly Hallows. Yeah, yeah, it's massive. I mean, it's home to several creatures as well. There was Aragog and those gigantic spiders. Yes. Creepy motherfuckers. Unicorns or something. Oh, yeah. Do you mean Forenze? Forenze, Ronan and... Well, they're uh, centaurs. Yeah, the centaurs. They don't really appear in the films, though, if I recall. They were quite prominent in the books. They are. Yeah, really prominent in the books. Because one ends up becoming a professor. He does. Forenze becomes a, uh, a divination. Is a divination. Yeah, because um, the centaurs, that's they can read the stars, don't they? So um, when Harry famously in the first book goes into the forest and comes face to face with what we presume to be Voldemort or um, Professor Quirrell, yeah, uh, one of the centaurs, Hagrid asks a question, the centaur ignores. And it's like, it's very bright tonight. Mercury's looking bright tonight, I think, yeah. is the line. Uh-huh. Mm. This is excellent knowledge. Oh, we've got, we've got the best, the best on the south coast right here right now um so that's my first one uh, i have got another one from the film but i won't i won't hog the stage does anyone else have anything else from chamber of secrets mm, i do yeah i mean this could be on all our lists for all i know go for but it it's, it's quite a uh, oh it's gonna be then yeah it's dobby is freed dobby master has given dobby a shock what i didn't Master has presented Dobby with clothes. Dobby is free. Yeah, I've got this one. How about you, Vic? Yeah, I think Dobby being freed is beautiful, but my actual favourite moment is uh, the diary because that's the real journey. What does that diary mean? And I remember thinking in the cinema, this is back in 2002, I thought, oh, what does the diary mean? And then it sort of felt like it meant nothing. Mm-hmm. But then revisited later on, it could have meant everything. Yeah. Mm. So that was really interesting. I really like that. Mm. I mean, doesn't Harry try to thank Dobby for trying to warn about the reopening of the Chamber of Secrets? Am I right in thinking that? Uh, I mean, I guess that's the twist of when he um, puts his sock into the diary. So basically yeah, yeah. to say to Lucius, take it back. Mm. Mm. So Dobby lives a free life. He does. He's a, a free, a free house elf. Um, Lucius is obviously very miffed off. He is. Faces up to Harry, and Harry's fearless, absolutely fearless. Um, but it's just that line Dobby delivers. Master has presented Dobby with clothes. Dobby is free. Dobby is free, and obviously Dobby thanks Harry, and he's, he promises never to save Harry's life again but as we know as we mentioned we get to Deathly Hallows and he takes one for the team he takes one for the team and uh, fantastical effort I mean we, we should have put spoiler alerts in the skies right I mean these films have been out for quite some time oh, I think anybody who's listening to this who doesn't expect a spoiler is uh, well they're going to be very shocked they are indeed mm. um and yeah, to that point, I guess Lucius Malfoy tries to... Does he try to strike Harry or he draws his wand, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. And, and then Dobby defends him. He does. Blasts him up the corridor, if I recall. Um, but yes. then... I you have to excuse me, I'm recording a lot here because it's been a while since I've watched these films. Well, I know, it's good. It's a bit of a nod to, actually, the, the Death Eaters are commonly... They mistake the magic of which a house elf has because Voldemort, Lucius Malfoy, they hadn't even considered that a house elf would be able to apparate in and out of the cellar because a wizard certainly can't. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. it's them mistaking um, magical creatures below them. It's that hierarchy thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's definitely um, one of my uh, my chosen moments. Um, and I think it's it's a nice kind of way to finish the film. You know, he's he's gone to the to the office. He hasn't got a bollocking as he thought he would get. Mm. And um, and yeah, sure enough, uh, it ends on a, on a nice note. And Lucius Malfoy ends up being the loser. Yeah. And as we know, he's obviously orchestrated a lot of what happened during the events of that film. Can I just say it's sad that Dobby doesn't appear more in the films as he does in the books? Because I think he turns up in the Goblet of Fire. He does. He's a really With key... With the gillyweed. Well, he's, oh, he? he's really key mm. in the Goblet of Fire, isn't he? Because also he, he saves um, somebody who anybody who's never read the books would know. He saves Winky, uh, um, who is Barty Crouch Sr.'s um, house elf. Oh, right, yes. She was dismissed. Yeah. She also... Uh, but then when we come to the Goblet, we'll discuss that, I'm sure. Mm. Okay, it's all come back to me now. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so uh, Dobby was um, Dobby was my one from Chamber of Secrets, but you've got the diary, Tom Riddle's diary. Yeah, Click. it's all crux. Yeah, it's the most important part. It's really, it's really important. But I really struggle with the Chamber. I must admit, I don't know why. It's not one of my favourites. I just don't. I just, I just don't really enjoy watching it. Mm. So yeah, it's it's not my favourite. So. Not really many. Best I mean, I'm going to be casting some shade later over my least favourite film and oh. books. <laughs> and I think if anyone's been watching our social media this week, they'll have seen a conversation between me and Alex. I'm not. I'm not sure if we're quite on um, on good terms, Dan. But we'll see when the time comes about that particular section. Mm. Um, but yeah, the second film isn't really my cup of tea. Um, but the third one is a little bit more. It's fantastic. I agree. It's really enjoyable. But do you know what's really enjoyable about it? No Voldy. I love Voldemort. I love the Dark Lord as anyone else does. You but do. Actually, it doesn't get anyone really down in this one. Good yeah. to have a book where we don't have to come face to face with him. We've got lots of intelligent weaves to tell us what the future's going to hold. Uh-huh. Mm. As we remember, Professor Trelawney's um, prediction. Yep. Uh, and there's there's lots going on, um, but who who wants to start off with this one? Back in two thousand and four, was a film. Who wants to kick us off in this? This one. Um, I think, yeah, I can kick us off. Yeah. Um, I think it's really good fun. We've got the night bus mm. starts us off. Oh, Harry runs that. away. Bit of kind of coming of age stuff. Fourteen year old argument with the family blew up his aunt. Oh, that's one of my favourite yeah. moments. Goes to. Oh, is it? Yeah. Goes to Di- um, Diagon Alley, has a really good fun time, meets up with his friends. We've got the introduction of Crookshanks, who we think is a villain. But actually all along, it's did been you... somebody who's been very much with us. Mm. Is that what it was inferred, or did you get that? I, I'm not sure if I was just dim-witted that I didn't pick it up, or actually I was supposed to and I didn't... About Crookshanks? Mm. Uh, yeah, I always thought that Crookshanks was very new, because we always view the newer more kind of less established person As to be the, the one to be the, be the threat and then actually it turns out to be scabbers well it's like it's mm. like the kind of the whole star trek kind of thing anyone in the red shirt is going to end up dead by the end of the episode do you know that no did not know no. that yeah so if you ever cast for star trek which is likely um don't accept being a member of the security team who wears the red color because you'll end up dead on an away mission did commander Riker ever die in jet next gen uh, no, because of his beard, he was majestic. Ah, yeah. There's that. That protects him. But so, yeah, <laughs> anything new is a plot device. Um, definitely should be feared. <laughs> which is definitely not a life lesson. 
Um, so on that bombshell, so Dan, was it you said you wanted to start us off at the beginning? Yeah, so uh, Harry getting sassy with Aunt Marge is one of my favourite oh, yes. moments. Uh, I mean, we sort of learn quite quickly that Aunt Marge isn't the most pleasant of people, and she's just constantly digging at Harry. God, she feels she feels like an umbrage moment, doesn't she? Like, yeah, so full of hate and anger, and you just because she she she's really quite spiteful and dismissive, but in a really kind of angry way in the films. I don't recall the books. Um, it's very similar. She's been told by her brother that Harry is this awful child who is left mm. on their doorstep, and that he goes to St Brutus's. Um, boys school for incurably horrible boys or something what it yeah. is it's a very witty kind of title of the school and then in lots of questions like do they hit you boy and then harry's like yes All regularly and i enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> with the belt i mean she's sort of throwing shade the moment she walks in i think i recall there's a moment where she took goes to vernon i'd have dumped him in an orphanage if he was on my doorstep yeah, yeah. it's quite horrible uh, then she starts talking about bad blood and starts taking swipes at Harry's dad and the brandy glass smashes in her hand. Mm. She's like, yeah, so I've got a very firm yeah. grip. <laughs> yes, don't worry. And then she sort of orders Harry to sort of clean it up. And then she starts throwing shade at Harry's mum. If there's something wrong with a bitch, there's something wrong with a pup. What is it the boy's father did for Junior? Nothing. He, did, he didn't work. He was, he was unemployed. And a drunk too, no doubt. That's a lie. What did you say? My dad wasn't a drunk. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> don't worry, don't ask for Junior. I have a very firm grip. <laughs> I think it's time you went to bed. Quiet, Vernon. You clean it up. Actually, it's nothing to do with the father. It's all to do with the mother. You see it all the time with dogs. If there's something wrong with the bitch, then there's something wrong with the pup. Shut up! Shut up! Mm. Right. Let me tell you. And that's when Harry snaps. Yeah. That's it. Quite He's right gone. Too. Quite rightly. Lights start flickering, the curtains are blowing, and. This goes on. Aunt Marge starts blowing up like a balloon and she starts to float off. But there's this great moment where she's starting to blow up and the button from one of her blouses pops, pops off and hits Dudley in the head. And as he gets up, another button hits him. Or is it, does he swallow it while making that up? Um, I don't recall him swallowing it. I just. Okay. It's maybe just he's those... knocking him out. Mandela it... effect. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, always got the, the impression that he swallowed it and then was it the mother tried to do the Heineken maneuver and it's. But maybe that. Maybe I'm thinking about something else. You could be. I say we might have to re- revisit the Mandela effects for this one. Yeah, I'll put a uh, a link in the description below for that episode. That's that could be a Mandela effect moment. But it all kicks off. So um, you got Vernon who's trying to save Marge. The dog's chewing at his at his ankle. Oh, it's um, it's a bulldog, yeah. isn't it? It's... So he's clutching at dear old Marge as she's trying to float off and he's, yeah. she's like don't you dare don't let go of me <laughs> he's like sorry and he lets her yeah, off she's gone bye but they, that's not the end we we do hear of it I think a little bit later on don't we where apparently she's found floating and they, they or she deflates over time or something and there's somewhere that she's found and I think yeah. um, Fudge puts it beautifully don't worry about your aunt. She was found, I think, floating over some yes. sort of county. It's in, <laughs> it's in the, um, uh, the, the, the the pub, isn't it? The, the leaky, leaky cauldron. cauldron. Yeah. yeah, he's told, um, don't worry about her. We've uh, deflated her and uh, modified <laughs> her memory. And uh, 
But your uncle and auntie have sadly said, don't come back until next year. But there's a moment where he's sat on the curb before the night bus turns up. You sort of just see her floating over. <laughs> oh, is it? It's wonderful, oh, I yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh, I've got to look yeah, out for like this. Wow. Keep your eye out for it. I, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't made that up. I'm sure it does happen. I so want that to be the case. I'm going to go home and watch the films again now. You know this is going to happen. It's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Time of recording. You know, it's the march towards... Well, it's not actually Christmas, but... It's just, November. We're probably much in the bang in the middle of it now we're in the throes of getting ready and it's always on TV and to the fact it's, it's on TV yeah, at the minute. I think it's a bit early though Vic we talked about this before weren't we I think or was it yeah. someone else but it just feels like he's on TV a little bit early but but I think that ITV have obviously got a lot more going on in December haven't they because that's their thing they do seven weeks of Potter or eight yeah. weeks actually they do eight weeks of Potter mm. and they tend to do it in the summer which I find really odd yes but in the winter it's just come a bit early this year yeah but as a tradition, we always have it in our household. Yeah. Don't we? We uh, tend to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's an important uh, milestone. Yeah, definitely Christmas. Mm. And okay, you're, to watch that. your young lad be growing up with it? He hasn't so far. Um, can't really keep his attention. This is Peppa Pig. Oh, yeah. He's interested. Thomas the Tank. He likes um. a bit of Thomas Tank. Yeah, but he's more Pepper. Mm. You can say Pepper. Yeah. Nice. But no, he will. he will grow up on Harry. Yeah. We'll make sure that happens. We won't make him have the scar. And Marvel. No. Got to make oh, him yeah. up on that. Yeah. You know, every, every every evening and weekend he'll be in front of that TV. TV never hurt no one, right? No. I mean, with Disney Plus coming out soon, you'll have the 92 animated version of the X-Men on there. Is it? Yeah. Beautiful. And of course, what, the original Spider-Man as well, I guess? It must be on there. Yeah. I know they've referenced the 92 animated series in This Week in Marvel, the Marvel podcast. So oh, right. that is going to be on there. Mm. Lovely stuff. But I digress. But it's a nice nice little uh, digression there. But yeah. Um, so we've got Floating Aunties as your, your first one. Yeah. How about you, Vic? You got anything from this film? Um, I think my favourite. I don't really have a favourite part um, as such. I really just enjoy the twist i oh, love um what the ending no i just love the twist in the shrieking shack yes the whomping willow together. is not the whomping willow because it's just there it was built to prevent students going down that um exit oh, because of lupin of coming to the school because yeah, yeah. he's aware um lupin's werewolf Sirius um, is innocent and there is this rat who you have known for years mm-hmm it's He's the villain of the story. Yeah. This is um, this is Peter Pettigrew. It is. And we've got the prophecy starting, which kicks off a whole other tangent. It's, it's divination class. Yeah, it's a very interesting the book. Leaves. It's a very interesting book, and it's actually really good watch. It's fun. It yeah. does get a bit complex, time turner and all that. Well, if I should mm. say that, Vicky, because that's my favourite moment from the film. Oh, is it? The time turner. I mean, and this is why I'm saying it's very difficult for me to choose certain elements in the film because for all those reasons that you say, it becomes more in-depth. You're introduced more to the Wizarding World. There's, I think there's a Quidditch match in this sentence in there? Yeah, there is. There's Quidditch. You learn more about, you know, the the, the way which they train and they, they come together and how people are chosen. You you see the seasons with the Whomping Willow yeah, and do. the time mm. lapses, which are wonderful. You see, is it the the trips? To, it must be the trips to um, Hogsmeade starts, Hogsmeade. but Harry can't go. Correct, because he doesn't get the the freaking slip from uh, his his aunt and uncle. Well, I mean, he blew his aunt up, so getting the sea. I mm. mean, if he was my kid, he wouldn't get the permission. He blew up his aunt. Yeah, come on. I know, right? I'd still sign off. She's a vile, vile person. <laughs> Certainly. Well done, son. Yeah, but there um, you go. 
So you introduced like so much wider expanded kind of immediate world that's not just the school now, it's not just classes, it's much wider. And that's why I think for me this this film is is so wonderful and really starts to bring the magic truly to, to the franchise. And the Marauders. The Marauders. The Marauders map. Oh yes. yes. Something so key, but actually, isn't that interesting? I honestly Fred declare I'm up to no good. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Fred and George have been looking at that map for years. I know, and I haven't noticed. Two years, there has been a man sleeping with their brother. Scabbers oh. sleeps um, in Ron's bed. Yeah. yeah. And surely yeah. They, when they were up to mischief, you know, because they, they, they slink around at night, right? They, they, oh, of course they do, they're the they, Weasleys. They cause pranks. They surely, yeah, would have seen next to, to the brother's name, uh, Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. I mean, he's so... I never thought about that. That's weird. He's so vital to the next sort of book and the film. He kills people. He kills people. Well, he doesn't really, though, does he? Does not? No, because he's... Cass. Um, I think Peter's story is very sad. It is. And it actually ends very sadly, doesn't it? It does. But, yeah. Well, um, Time Turner, again, is another kind of interesting plot device. I think some people can say it's quite lazy that in films you kind of, kind of replay what you've already seen. Mm. But obviously they do it for um, a very valid and different reason. And... Uh, Hermione is given the time turner by Dumbledore as a, as a present at the beginning of the film as we later find out in the book of course as well that um, she wants to learn all these things but can't be in all of the, the class all at the same time because they're clashing the timetable and they do keep on mentioning oh how are you here Hermione I thought you had like runes this this you know yeah. now when you're supposed to be in divinations and stuff so there are some, some strange things going on throughout the film that give nods to, to the audience but the specific element I'm talking about is where Hermione does a haymaker and punches Malfoy right in the kisser. Oh, yes. Look who's here. Ah, come to see the show. You, you foul and loathe them evil little cockroach. Hermione, no. He's not worth it. Not good. Brilliant. So this particular moment, of course, they've already seen it happen. Um, Malfoy, Crabbe and Goyle are sniggering at Hagrid's distress over his condemned hippogriff that's going to get the chop. Mm. Uh, not the chop, actually his head's going to be detached from his Yeah, body. yeah. Um, in case anyone was concerned about, about those things. Uh, and, and Hermione, of course, cannot endure going through it a second time and just the, the, the pure kind of uh, evil nature of Malfoy. And she goes up to him and probably punches him square in the face. <laughs> After calling him a foul cockroach. Indeed. And, uh, well, I think but Buckbeak has the last laugh, or should I say Weatherwings has the last Indeed. laugh. Indeed. Indeed. And um, they're all then remarking second time round as they're watching it, and they're like, ooh, I felt that, that felt good. And it really is a good moment, because the, the, the boys are just in shock, and they run off. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I, I wasn't expected to be punched in the face by a girl. Um, 2019 equal opportunities everything, so that should be a, a thing. Um, but yeah, she uh, he he's taken her back and he runs off, scurrying with a bloody nose, which is fantastic. I think it's it's such a kind of um, uh, a fantastic moment where you just see her being liberated. Mm. You know, she's a bookworm, and actually now she's she's fighting up for you know fighting for the cause. And I think it's it's a nice kind of 
journey from her, you know, always being straight laced to actually doing the right thing. And then it starts to you start to see that as the, as the films, the books progress. So yeah, Hermione punching Malfoy is one of my most favourite moments from that particular book and film. I've got Good another choice. one as well, but has anyone else got anything else from this film? No, not really. Got anything, Vic? Um no, I think I think it's a I just think it's a solid it's a solidly good film and solidly good book and they're not they're not widely different. No. Which I think I think it's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean the only thing I'll say was um kind of going back to your your bit at the beginning, Vic, was um the Animaguses. Yes. If that's a, a plural mm. of Animagus. Um so the fact that um Wizards it's actually anime guy, is an anime guy. Yeah. Mm. Uh can actually um transform themselves into animals or to, is it just animals or is it objects? It's objects as well, right? Well, we learn something really crucial, don't we, in this book about an uh, anime guy. They have to be registered. So Professor McGonagall is obviously very straight by the Cats. book. Yeah. She's registered. Yeah. Uh the three um boys in Hogwarts were unregistered, but also there's another person who's unregistered as well who we find out in the goblet. Um, being Rita Skeeter. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh. What is she again? So what we find out is... Uh, so the just, reporter? Yeah, so yeah. Rita Skeeter being the um, very famous um, reporter or infamous reporter. Mm. Um, somebody the quick will. Actually, in the book, it's very funny. They speak about um, how Rita Skeeter keeps getting all these stories and all this information. Oh, of course, yes. And Harry says to Ron, oh, she might have the place bugged. And Hermione... And Ron just did not understand and there's a bit of a comical moment in the book about Ron sort of thinking what does that mean because to that in those outside the wizarding world we know what bugged is oh right of course but actually Ron's just like what the hell are they on about and then Hermione and Harry and Hermione does a bit of research and actually finds that Rita is able to um, transform into a bug yes because there is a moment in the Yule Ball where uh, Victor Crumb says to Hermione Hermie as he calls her Hermie um, he, you have a bug in your hair. Takes oh. a bug out of her hair, and that's actually Rita Skeeter. Oh, yeah. I've got to go back. See, the, the books. books are so much intricate than the films. Yeah. I think that's why they're probably so much more enjoyable because mm-hmm. you're trying to cram them all into two hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get the introduction to the Animagus um, in the first film, literally in the first <clears throat> two minutes. Oh well, yeah, Professor McGonagall, because yeah. um, Harry and Ron run in late, don't they? Yeah. Oh well, no, it's um before that where Dumbledore delivers a baby. Harry to the doorstep. Of course. And then you've got yeah. um, McGonagall over, you know, watching over as a cat, and then yeah. in the shadows she transforms into the, to the human. Um, so yeah, this is a nice kind of expansion on that, and yeah, you've got Peter Pettigrew as Scabbers, mm. the dirty rat. Sirius Black, of course, was the dog that we see later in the shadows um, at the beginning of the film, mm. where he, the night before Night Boss turns up, and you've got Lupin as a werewolf. Um, and of course, then we see the showdown with a werewolf fighting a dog, which is a fight that no one asked for, but definitely needs to see. Mm. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which absolutely. Is fantastic. Couldn't have put it better. Um, so yeah, for me, the, my second one was really just the Animaguses and or anime guy, and how it's um, expanded upon in that uh, in in the book mm. in the film. So going on to now the the controversial fourth entry. The mm. the Goblet of Fire, which is my least favourite. Now, now, unfortunately, I had seen the film before I read the book, so that's probably why I And you struggled. reckon that's that's why it's done that? Because I, yeah. I, I was the same, but I enjoyed the book because it actually expanded on some of the more of the lore behind some of mm. the, the kind of the, the events and and the history. I mean, like I say, the book was a bit more intricate, it had a bit more in it, and it explained certain things, but I still couldn't get past that. 
we were talking in the car on the way up that it's sort of like the Hunger Games for wizards. I just didn't like it. I just can't get my head like around really? it. It is, I guess, it's d- departure from the previous films, right? It's not. It's not like the standard. I'm going to go to school, do a school year. Something's going to happen, and I'm going to go home, wave goodbye on the train, and then be in prison over the summer. You know, it's there is the, the school year is disrupted because mm. you have two or three other schools all join. You know, Hogwarts uh, throughout the year to do these these events because the events don't take place back to back, do they? It's throughout the year. No, well, mm. first one I think first one's November, second one February, last one June. Yeah, so um, yeah. it's it's a different pace, but you you can get on board with that. And I I intrinsically disagree. And this might actually be the last episode we do together. Oh, it could be. This this <laughs> is polarizing. This is my unpopular opinion for this episode. I don't know if we can, we can really recover, depending on what you say for the next five minutes. Uh, souls. Um and so it might not be good enough. But I do have a I do have a favourite moment though. Kick us off. What's 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 this one back in? Well, the film was two thousand and five. Quidditch World Cup. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, the solid, yeah, yeah. Solid so, positive moment. The the Weasleys turn up with two tents for nine people, and you're thinking, well, how are you, you going to fit Come nine people Weasley, in two tents? As soon as you walk tail. into these tents, they're like freaking homes. Well, yeah, like the, the TARDIS. It's a TARDIS. I've I've got that written down here. Actually, the, the tent itself and the campsite is like a TARDIS. I mean, magic's cool, am I right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, well, unless you're in Heartland, America, and you're you're devout mm. Christian and you wholly disagree with um, the books, which of course they were known to be bought and burnt when they first came out. Yeah, certain place in America. Do you know that, Vic? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, some some. I mean, either, we we accept everyone's view and opinion on the weekly roundup. I'm just stating the fact. But yeah, um, the early books, they were banned from uh, public readings in certain bookshops. Oh. So that's almost wow. like the, um, yeah, the the 16th century. Mm. And yeah, they they were they were burned because apparently they were trying to promote uh, black magic to children. Oh wow! And certain communities in in the US, I'm sure it wasn't just the US and abroad as well, didn't agree with it. And I think mm. that's since been relaxed because. People's perhaps thoughts have moved on, or um, it's become more widespread and known, and it's not not a threat to children. But yeah, it was it was a thing. But yeah, I mean, sort of going back to the World Cup, it's a grand spectacle. I mean, it's Bulgaria versus Ireland in the final. There's fireworks. It's what we typically say is under the floodlights. If you're a football fan yeah. or a soccer fan, to any US listeners, uh-huh. and we've also got to mention the Dudley twins accurately predicting the result of the final. Did they? They did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they didn't actually win any money, but it's quite impressive. Well, they did, didn't they? They oh, did they in the did. book. I think the thing is, is it's the goblet is it's so important to the rest of the story. Mm. The very beginning, we see Frank Bryce, a muggle, in his kitchen oh, yes. very late at night. Of course we do. Leg pain. Oh, my gosh. Teenagers are in the old riddle house. Yeah. And up he goes and finds... Peter well, Pettigrew. He and finds Peter Pettigrew. Someone in the Somebody in the chair, and actually, sadly, he is like, but that's the foregrounding of what's going on. Mm. And then the very, I mean, we've got David Tennant, who plays an excellent part, really, in oh, these very yeah. small parts mm. that he's in. He tell the story is so important. Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr., mm. who again, we're seeing Polyjuice Potion, but in a very subtle way. Yeah. Because we think he's he's taking yeah. swigs of, of alcohol. But he's taken That's from Azkaban, isn't he? Yeah. He's switched places with his mother, taken from Azkaban, and lives in his father's home. He's mm. protected by this, and I mentioned earlier, this very popular house elf, Winky. Winky cares for him, and then one night, 
Um, so we see Peter Pettigrew at the end of book three go to find his master, being Voldemort. And what we know is that he's travelled to Albania, mm-hmm. where he um, find, happens to find a witch called um, Bertha Jorkins. Bertha Jorkins is a very well-known witch to Sirius, mm-hmm. worked in the ministry, but she'd been missing for some time. And we see in the book, there's lots of questions about, well, Bertha's been missing for a while. She's been missing for a while. Everybody's ignoring her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She lets slip that she knows that Barty Crouch Jr. is actually alive and living in his father's home. Yeah, she's supposed to have died yeah. during the, the mm. first, the first um, kind of wizarding war. So well, to speak, he was. With yeah, he was. Voldemort. He was meant to have really died around the period of around ninety eight, ninety nine, mm. and then we know that he um, then that Voldemort turned up to Barty Crouch Senior's home, where he was then imperialist. Yes, and then um, starts the notions of this whole bigger plot where they go off they go to um he off he goes to hogwarts he kills his father he sets up the tournament he rigs the tournament it's all very convoluted mm-hmm. but he, it's actually executed perfectly it is but the problem is with the film and I, and you know how are they going to fit it into that amount yeah. of time that story needed to be told and winky yeah. is a really key factor in that as well but it doesn't feature at all. In, no, in it's a real shame. Because doesn't Victor Crumb get like bewitched in the in the maze? He does. He's actually um, hexed by Mad Eye, who's not Mad Eye. No. He's mm. Barty, mm. Barty Crouch Junior. So yeah, it's it's very clever. And mm. actually, we think we 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 think we know Moody, don't we? We think we've built because actually Moody was one of my favourite teachers. Oh right. But actually, he's not because he's not him. No. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, and it's uh, when you're introduced to him, I think it's, is it two books later? Well, we next see Moody, actually, at the Night of the Phoenix. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's in, well, he almost feels like a different character because we haven't, we haven't seen him. We don't mm. know him. We don't know him. But then Harry meets him later on, doesn't he? And Harry comments on that in the book. Yeah. As if he's, like, kind of meeting him for the first time. It's uh, it's a very odd situation, but it's very well, um, you know, delivered. Um I mean, I've got the, uh, the the opening scene as well, Dan, just out of interest on here. Um, almost like a, a Glastonbury for wizards. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I love it's that. It's brilliant. The, the tent, and you've got the, the submerged tournament. And it's all hidden from the prying eyes and the muggles, and it's just... Yeah, it's lovely. It's, a, it's, a, it's again, it's just another kind of um, insight into the, the magical world that you wouldn't see in the school setting. And for me, that's... It's a strong start to that particular book and film. Mm. It's when the Irish fly over the stadium as well. They let off these fireworks. It turns into dancing leprechaun, and then Mm. the Bulgarians fly through it like they're all scary and stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really good. I think one of my favourite moments has got to be um, Ron picking up a um, pair of dress robes and suggesting to Ginny that they were mum sent me yours, and she's like, "I'm not wearing those. They're ghastly, (laughs) and they're these." awful maroon Frilly. and we know from previous books what yeah. does Ron hate he hates maroon yeah. and they've got lace on That's them and they're down. just vile yeah. oh look mum sent me something <laughs> mum sent me a dress well it does match your eyes is there a bonnet aha <laughs> nose down Harry Ginny these must be for you I'm not wearing that, it's ghastly. <laughs> what are you on about? They're not for Ginny. They're for you. <laughs> Dress robes. Yeah, gross. Um, it, it means it's tough being a teenager. you got to go to a, a ball 
and now it's an important ball because it's uh, probably once a lifetime event. The try was a tournament, and yeah, you got to wear that ghastly thing. It's and then when he had to dance with McGonagall, and then Harry oh, said, yeah, so Harry we... whispered to the twins, "You're not going to let him live us down, aren't you?" And they said, never. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, they um, is it one a lessons cancelled instead? They have dancing lessons, don't they? Yeah. Uh, which is incredibly cringy for everyone concerned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, have you got any, any moments there, Dan? Or are you just getting to see with this this whole film and book? Um, I wouldn't put it in the sea, because the, the book has got better things in it, I think, especially with Dobby being in it a bit, a bit more prominently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just couldn't get on board with the film, and that sort of ruined the book for me, unfortunately. Okay. And it's also where Spew was invented, wasn't it? We never hear about Spew. Spew? The Society of Protection Elfish Welfare. Oh, right, yes. Remember? Yeah, yes. I do now, yeah. Yeah, and that's where Hermione really starts the campaign. I think um, Harry's treasurer and um, Ron's got a very important... I think uh, Ron is officer and they have to pay to be part of the group, but even never, though they don't no. care about the group. It's never to be mentioned again, I guess. <laughs> well, it is, actually, because is um, Hermione goes on into the future to protect Elfish Welfare, as we know from Pottermore. Mm. She's a good egg. Yeah. Speaking of eggs, <laughs> the sea... But specifically lakes, what might I have in common in this film? The mer people. Yeah, or more wider. The the tribe. Yeah, the tribe was a tournament itself. So you've got the dragon, the Hungarian horn tail that chases Mm. Harry around. You've got the golden egg, which is the water task. Oh, that's where he submerges it in the in the bath. In the bath and rather inappropriately. With Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle. I mean, just... she gets to look at his, his wand, if you if you will. Well, quite. Um, which is uh, quite inappropriate. Myrtle. Oh, hello, Harry. Oh, long time no see. Oh. <laughs> I was circling a blocked drain the other day and could swear I saw a bit of Polyjuice potion. Not being a bad boy again, are you, Harry? Polyjuice potion. Kick the habit. Myrtle, did you say try putting it in the water? And, and of course, then there's the maze. And we all know it all goes down in the maze. Mm. Um, I think the the, the, the the events themselves are very well thought. I mean, they've got a dark, sinister edge to them. Because it's supposed to be for older children, teenagers. Yeah. And of course, Harry is is of the younger side. Hmm. Uh, of, of course, that's the whole issue. He's not. Is it fifteen and above? Yeah, he's around fifteen. Oh, and don't forget, also, he's got his first love interest in that film. Show. Yes. Which. Did it we never really... really works out, does it? No. It's, it was never meant to be. It's always going to be fizzles chilly, out right? really quickly. It's, it's always yeah, going to be chilly. Yeah, it did fizzle out really quickly. Well, they're a little smooch in the. Uh the room of requirements don't they after training one yeah, day yeah but that, oh, was that the, order, the of the Phoenix? order isn't it yeah because um they he first has an encounter is it in the owlry it is and then well it's actually surrounded first on by the... bird crap i mean that's no, romantic isn't it it's first on the hogwarts express oh is it first on the hogwarts express and she says two pumpkin pasties oh, yes. two pumpkin pasties please two pumpkin pasties <laughs> yeah i thought we, we all agreed we wouldn't well you can do um uh, voice Scottish Scottish accent what is that I'm a bit Scottish that's actually really good Scottish is it accent. I, I guess your Scottish listeners are going to go in like no no well, I've we're got... going to give you the contact details at the end of the show <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you want to hear more of Scottish Dan then please get in contact with uh, us now in my defence I am partially Scottish so my mum's side the family's half Scott and also in your defence you've been drinking red wine again 
Oh yeah. And we told yeah, you definitely. not to down. <laughs> you told me you'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what that means, then it's on social media. Um, uh, and then I guess at the very end. So for some strange reason, Harry and Cedric both agree that they're going to touch the portkey at the same time. The graveyard scene is probably the most haunting, probably the best part of the film. I'd 100%, say. Hundred percent, because it really does start. It's 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 a it's a tonal change now in the books and the film. Yeah. You've gone very oh this is a safe space. It's a bit edgy the tournament. Things are going awry and people are starting to dislike Harry. But it, it could be recovered. You can't recover from what's about to happen, which is um they all then get transported to the little Hangleton in the graveyard, where there is a reborn, very scary looking Voldemort and a Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, who mm. actually is um awarded a silver hand. For chopping his off, and but that's not the last time we ever see cauldron. the hand, is it? It's not. No. Um, and of course, yes. Again, the the important scene is this is uh, ultimately where um, Voldemort is. He is that where his bones are buried? Is that the whole kind of no, symbolism? It's there? actually the whole symbolism around it is actually that is Voldemort's father's grave. Ah, right. Yes. Of so course. as we well know, well anybody who didn't watch anybody who read the books will know that Tom Riddle killed his father yes. and his grandparents. Yeah. In addition to having killed his maternal grandfather as well. Mm. Um, It doesn't tell you that, but they are buried there. And that's Ah. just, and that's the home at the very beginning is is actually where Voldemort was um, setting up a bit of a camp for Ah. a while um, at the beginning of the goblet. Um, The whole purpose of it is the the father's bone, the bone of the father. Yes, which is what he needs. The Mm. blood of an enemy. Harry's. And the flesh of a loyal servant, and then that goes into Pets the cauldron, and yeah. then we see Voldemort Boil come out with a body. 200 mm. degrees. Without a nose. Yeah. We knew Pettigrew would mess it up somewhere. Um, but not before... I mean, it's Pettigrew that actually does the killing curse for Cedric, isn't it? Or is it Voldemort? No, no, I, it's I believe, Voldemort, isn't I thought it? it was Voldemort. Is it Voldy? Uh, and actually, yeah, that's a really good point because I don't think that's overly clear. And I'd have to really look over. I'd actually have to go back to the book for that because I don't think it's clear. Because I hear kill the spare is what I remember. And, that's, and Voldemort screech, screeches that, yeah. doesn't he? Mm. Kill the spare. And then we see Cedric's just dead. And then it happens really quickly. But then we've got Harry who's being kind of um, stopped from moving. He's Yeah, yeah, he's, he's under uh, fire. Yeah. But he lunges for the port key while this is all going on and then transported back to the event. And this is, I think, why for me it's such a great part of the film and mm. we're a departure from his childhood. He's no longer innocent mm. because the, the house band are playing. Everyone's celebrating. Guys, they're here, look. Yeah, you've got the band playing. <laughs> Cedric, he's, he's not moving. But we have the, the darling of Hogwarts is no more. We have that important moment with the wands, as we mentioned at the start of the episode. Yeah. Because they're the wands are brothers, they cancel each other out. Yeah, it's um, I think it's Emporium um, Locomotive or something. It's a yeah. particular spell, and it means that they meet together. And what it does is it regurgitates Voldemort's spell, doesn't it? Because we see all the people he died, who he killed, mm. come through, and they protect Harry to enable him to get back to the portkey to get back. 
where we have more, it all just goes a bit darker, doesn't it? I mean, it? you should never really cross streams. Um, it's all very awkward, and yeah, the ones don't work. Mm. So there we go. Um, so yeah, that's that's I guess why that what that part of the film is really so important for me because it then sets the scene for a darker set of films later on. He's growing older. He's becoming more aware. He's truly on his own. The school at times turns against him, and things have gotten real. It's no mm. longer just you know the old mishap, your troll wandering the, the corridors. It's someone has died. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's really dark. So that for me, that's a really pivotal moment. Um, and what does this mean? Film? Voldemort's back, isn't he? He's officially back. Yeah, he is. And it all goes downhill from there. Well, or does it? It all goes down from there, pretty much. Or does it not? I don't know. It's a really dis- difficult one. So <coughs> we're moving on to the Phoenix now, aren't we? We are. We are. We're rising from the flames. Uh, and this is back in 2007 for the film. Um, and there's some good ones from this, right? I mean. This is an interesting mix of a, of a film, but um, what what have, what have you both got for this? Oh, Dumbledore's army is very important. Um, is. We're introduced to number 12, Grimmauld Place, although people are there for not such good reasons. No. Um, oh, that's where the building sort of expands yeah, out, isn't it? That's yeah. actually Harry's home. And um, although that's, um, it, like I said, it's not for good reasons that they're there, there's a sense of community that builds there. Mm. And we have a real difference in the books of Sirius being Harry's only kind of surviving relative. He says, I think Harry should know everything that's going on. Mrs Weasley, on the other hand, is saying, absolutely not. I will not allow the children to know. So a bit of a newsflash, I'm multitasking here as a modern man can do. Uh, I'm showing the guys in the studio what's happening. Sure enough, Cedric gets um, killed by Pettigrew. Oh, wow. Mm. I'm not ah. sure if you can see that. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, he's he's blasted. Wow. So whether or not that actually happens in the book, I'd be surprised if it doesn't. But um, yeah, he's ordered upon to mm. dispatch him, Cedric. Sorry, yes, as you're saying. Yeah, so um, yeah, I like Grimmauld Place. And another particular favourite has got to be Umbridge and the Weasleys' defeat over Umbridge. Yeah, it, it is, is beautiful, isn't it? Is it is a defining moment. Um, and they really just, I think, they are, they're set free at the end of that film. Literally, because they're, they're yeah. expelled and they then go into business. Get their own little joke shop in Diagon Alley. They do Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Yeah. Is that where you get the puking pastels? Or tongue-tongue toffees. What was the one that gave you the, the spots? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. They all had like, different sweets and different spells in there, didn't they? Canary custards that turned you into canary. Uh, tongue-tongue toffees. It's all very incredibly clever, but they really do burn their bridges with education, don't they? They do. But they really start it off by saying, I think I've done with full-time education. Me too, Fred. Yeah. Me too. And it's really <laughs> kind of there, the whole undertone. Constantly winding Umbridge up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's just... Um, Umbridge is a particular favourite because she is the ultimate villain. I think Stephen King referred oh, to her as the, the worst villain of all time. She's she's absolutely horrible. I mean, we've talked about this in our favourite villains yeah. episode, and she was, I think, my first one, um, played by uh, Emilda Staunton. She's just fantastic mm-hmm. because uh, I think it's described here. These are not my words; uh, they're far too uh, too accurate. It says girlish awfulness, and it's just portrayed perfectly. And I think it's right. You know, she she she's very, very softly spoken, but there's like a very sharp edge to the words she uses. Mm-hmm. But they're masked by this this very kind of rich use of language and the way it's delivered is just very sinister in its in its soft way it's she's a fantastic villain one of my favorites and i think 
yeah, she's she's wonderfully portrayed by that actress. She's she's lovely. I think it's fair to say she's sort of very calm and her evil, especially when yeah. she gets all the students to write the quills that are essentially cutting into their arms. Well, this is it. So um, as we talked about, my first kind of moment was the Weasleys using the fireworks during the owl exam. Yeah. Which is like the the, the, the final exams mm-hmm. of the year, which are taken very seriously, of course. Um, and they they basically make it a mockery, yeah. very disrupted. And um, I think on our social media, Dan, you you put on there that we're going to be chasing the listeners down for their <laughs> yeah. comments, uh, which we've got um, uh, as uh, as the Weezy did for Farnbridge. And it's just it's great how the the dragon just ends up swallowing her as she tried to run away at the end of the. Uh, the the hall it's it's a fantastic scene and then yes they they fly off into the, to the sunset but no the other one is and again it's interesting how Umbridge for me um, really just kind of illustrate how how important she is for me for this particular film she she makes Harry use the the quill mm. Mm. which of course as we know in the books it's it's a lot of the classmates. Um, it's one or two. I think it's Lee Jordan as well. Yeah. But actually, it's I Must Not Tell Lies. And it lasts a very lies. long time. It lasts years, doesn't it? Harry still has Scars. them. Yeah. Even around Deathly Hallows time, he gets an itch around his hand. And it's 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 um, uh, dark magic, I think they refer to it as, don't they? Yeah. Just using dark magic. And it's a punishment. And as you're scribbling your lines on the paper, it's, it appears on the back of your hand and it's... It's irritated, it's red, and it's itchy, and there's a look of shock in his face, like you're you're, you're actually doing this. This is this yeah. is a thing, and you're and it, as a as a teacher, you're a guardian, right? Yeah. And she's overstepped, and she sees nothing wrong with it, and there's almost the acceptance of, oh, okay, this is how we're going to play, and how he knows that he's now vulnerable and he's not safe at all in in Hogwarts, which was his his safe space. Yeah. yeah. And he would escape the the, um, the 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 Muggle world to be in what he feels more comfortable now and no longer is a safe space. Dumbledore's mm. gone. You've got, um, you got Umbridge there and she's got her edicts and she's got her, her medieval forms of punishment and it's just, again, just a, a good way just to show just how vulnerable he is and he's only got himself and his immediate friends to get him through this. Um, so, yeah, those are my two, two events, but they're all interesting enough. Subconsciously, are surrounded by Umbridge. Mm. Yeah, I also think a particularly good bit is when they go into Dumbledore's office to arrest him and he goes off right, in yes. what looks like flames. Yeah. But actually in the book, that is that is told so much... It's just so much better because um, he what happens is Dumbledore causes a bang. He um, Everybody is kind of stunned. And like a ninja. Down. Like, sorry, smoke. Yeah. Bang. And then um, he has moments to talk to Harry. And he's oh, right, he's yes, jinxed he does, lots of people he? as well. Yeah. And one of the people he's jinxed is Dawlish. And throughout the book, it's a kind of subtle joke. It comes up a lot. Dawlish gets jinxed an awful lot by okay. the Order. Very funny. Mm. Poor Dawlish. Poor Dawlish. But no, it's um, that is a good scene actually. Because you know, in the films, um, he uses the Phoenix in some kind of strange way to travel. But we're now hearing apparently and. I've got issues with this. Um, in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find oh, Them. Oh, she said it. Damn. First film is excellent. Uh, I can't. I can't defend the second film. It's horrendous. You can't defend the first one. I mean, one. I, I loved it. I just it. can't what? believe you. It's can indefensible. Foreground. They foregrounded the Dumbledores beautifully in the Hallows, and we'll come to that. But to then go on to say 
this whole other thing, no. But anyway, the phoenix is um, Dumbledore's bird. Yeah. Not his actual bird. Just no. saying. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> as, I mean, he was Grindelwald, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, that's an interesting kind of inference in the books, but it's never really expanded upon. But I think later... Um, J.K. Rowling does kind of talk about it in Pottermore yeah, or the short stories, yeah, and right. she 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 explains, you know, that he is, you know, a, a gay character, and then very much at the end of, well, during the course of um, uh, Fantastic Beasts and where don't to watch them <laughs> because we we shouldn't watch the second film. It's it's kind of front and center, but um, yeah, it's. Um, we don't we don't talk about those films, Vicky. No, they're just so wrong. They're I just appalling. yeah, they're just wow. And you know, I was I was talking about this the other day and how the only thing really they got in common with 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 the 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 fact that it's Fantastic Beasts is they they feature on and off, but pr- primarily it's just a nonsense storyline, mm. which is an absolute car crash and a mess, and it's just it's a hor- horrific. I mean, when do we mention which episode did we mention that one specifically, Dan? That was in um, Terrible Sequels, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a sequel. Just it, it shouldn't never have happened. Just leave it at the first one. Hundred percent. Shouldn't I actually? Um, arguably now on reflection, don't think you should have ever gone with the first one. Really? I actually think it was a big. Mistake. I don't think it was one. Executed. I just think it was a big mistake. The whole thing. Yeah. I think. Um, I mean, That's I, cash cow. Well, just to digress slightly, has anyone seen the Northern Lights, which is on BBC at the moment? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Better yeah, than the if film. you actually do you remember the Golden Compass? Yeah, which yeah. is appalling. My point made Shocking. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly my point. I think the, what you get with a TV series, you can sort of expand on the book a little mm. bit more, whereas they're trying to cram it all into a film in two hours. You're, you're too polite, Dan. The, the, the problem yeah. with the Golden Compass, they took the book, they tore it up, put it all in different places, and it was a, and the actress, just shit. And, and the actress couldn't act, act yeah. at all. She was appalling. But mm. this, this um, I haven't looked up the names, but this this actress in this, this HBO BBC mm. one, She's phenomenal. The young girl who plays yeah. Lila. Um, she was X-23 in Logan. Oh, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. Wow. So We've got Ruth her. Wilson, who was in Luther. Phenomenal oh my actress. Gosh. She is, she is something else, isn't she? We've got Professor X. What's his name from um, the sort of newer X-Men films, yes. which we never mention. No. It's, um, it's a really good... Um, but that's my effort. example. That's yeah. what mm. I mean. Okay. You know? No, I agree. They should never yeah. have done it. And yeah, fine. Actually, put it put it on a streaming service if you're going to do it. Oh, yeah. for sure. But don't Absolutely. don't release some films. But J.K. Rowling just wants more money, I guess. That's only for her to answer, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I do have a moment from uh, Order of the Phoenix. Oh yeah, it's yeah. at the very start of the film. But I think, as we mentioned with the book, that it sort of takes a little while to sort of build up onto this. Mm-hmm. But Harry sort of spent the summer. Um, he's been having nightmares over Cedric Diggory's death, Quite right and he's he's in the park on a swing. And Dudley and his mates decide to come over and start picking on him. And all of a sudden, this sort of storm comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So they're legging it. They get into this subway where it starts to get really cold. You can see their icy breaths. Yes. And then the Dementors enter. And, and you're thinking, as an audience member, what is this? This shouldn't be happening, right? Yeah. This is yeah. this is new ground they're treading. I mean, this is in the real world. They're yeah, yeah. completely taken away from the magical world, essentially. And Harry's pinned up against the wall by one of his dementors. And... Is, it, is it a little whinging they're in? Is that the term? Yeah, a little whinging. Mm. Yeah. And Dudley sort of tries to make a leg for it, slips up on an icy puddle, and another dementor enters the fray. And then Harry somehow gets his wand, pokes his dementor in the face, gets his Patronus out, and then he saves Dudley's life as well. 
Yeah, I'd be scared away if you got his Patronus yeah. out who's on the, me. Who's the little old lady that turns Mrs. up? Mrs Fig. Mrs yeah, Fig is the next so important, isn't she? Because actually, Mrs Fig is Guardian. a squib. Mm. A squib? She, yeah, so a squib. A squib. Yeah, so she That's is... Like a, in the middle, isn't she? So she's uh, born to magical parents, but she has no magical powers. Like um, oh. Professor Filch. Well, no, sorry, not Professor Filch. Mr Filch the is a squib, isn't he? Mm. So he's got no magical ability, mm. and um, yeah. So she, and then we learn that actually she's been watching over Harry for years, mm. and that's really nice, isn't it? But or actually, she's not been the best because she's uh, provided him some very boring afternoons. Well, yeah, I think he does some chores for her, doesn't he? We find oh, in the books yeah. or something, and like cuts she... her grass and stuff. But she wasn't there, I guess, to help him when he was inadvertently releasing snakes in London Zoo or. <laughs> Or what? turning aunties into big blueberries and. Well, there's a re- there was a rumor before the uh, terrible series that um, he'd actually released Nagini. Yeah. I think that was a bit of fan fiction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I quite prefer that though to actually what it really is. Yes, well, true. Mm. 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 Talking parcel tongue and oh yeah, there you go. You can you can go now. Yeah. See you later. But yeah, that moment sort of for me continues on from that graveyard scene. It sort of certainly sets the tone for that film yeah, and yeah. beyond. Because again, he's 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 now totally defenceless. Mm. He's on his own. Of course, he's he's got to use magic, and he gets he doesn't really get told off, does he? At the Leaky Cauldron, he just kind of gets. Well, he doesn't go to Leaky Cauldron. He goes straight yeah. to Grimald Place. Then he goes for his hearing at the Ministry. Oh, you're right. And Fudge is dead. Fudge, along with Umbridge, are dead set again uh, uh, for Harry to be expelled and I guess um, extra from the magical world. But actually, Dumbledore manages to produce. Um, he comes at the last minute. He's not yeah. told about it. No, because actually Dumbledore and Fudge have got a really poor relationship at this time, haven't mm, they? Yeah. Because mm. he doesn't believe him, and there's this all this whole denial. No, he has not returned. No, he has not returned because. Quite rightly and quite cleverly, um, Voldemort and his followers aren't coming out into the kind no. of open, are they? They're not. It's only in the opening, no, the sort of end sequence, the battle, where mm. they all see Voldemort and they go, oh, okay, you were right. <laughs> so it's taken like six years to to get to that point. Yeah. Mm. Good. Any uh, Anything else in that particular film? No, I think we've sort of covered all the bases really mm. on on that film no I think it's a, it's a good film it's uh, it's the first time you see and experience Harry feeling quite uncomfortable yeah and really isolated not liked very isolated yeah. and actually doing things alone it's it's important for him to go through that though I think he's a bit of a villain really in this isn't he yeah. people sort of see him yeah. in bad light and you can see his relationship deteriorating with Ron but they then make up towards mm. the end mm. it's um, it's sad but it's as you say Vic I think he needs to go through that yeah for um, sure now I've, I've run out of any other notes? Those are my yeah. favourite moments. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the final two films. Oh, well, which film? Don't forget, there's a final three films. Yeah, we've got okay. the Half Blood Prince. Got, Half Blood got... Prince is okay. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Oh. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But what, what have you guys got for the final three? So I guess we start with the Half Blood. Yeah. I think the Half Blood is phenomenal. I think the book is one of my personal favourites because it really draws parallels to Voldemort's um, childhood compared to his adult years. And we actually see him in the book in the flashbacks grow. We see Dumbledore walk in um, to this orphanage and meet the most dangerous wizard of all time. True. And 
but sadly that's what you see in the film you don't see in the book you don't see that in the film that we go back further we go back to Merope which is um, Voldemort's mum we see her life we see her background we see where these horcruxes and the whole basis of them begin Uh and where the story really begins and I think that's a real shame but I do think the film's quite enjoyable we see that lovely Mm. twist in the half-blood we see, we see Harry get his first girlfriend. We do. Um, I'm really sad that one of the opening scenes of The Half-Blood is um, the Prime Minister. So Fudge yes. meeting the Muggle Prime Minister. How fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, we don't see that. And I think that would have been really good in the mm. films. But I know that they don't have time. But I think that's a really kind of good one because it's every time something is going on, they, they work have together. to come through mm. and they have to work together. I mean, you could you could surely have put two minutes aside. But then again, we see it. I guess what they're trying to do in the films is show you the bridge collapsing. Mm-hmm. The bridge collapsing yeah. is the Death Eaters doing it, but the Muggles think that this brand new bridge has just gone into see, the water. Is it the Millennium Bridge? Yeah, it's it? the Millennium Bridge. Yeah. Which did actually wobble when it was first. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, mm. I, and I think um, there's some really good um, points in that film. Um, I quite like Ron getting onto the Quidditch team, even uh, though that, that doesn't happen in that book. But I still really like that. Okay, we've got to mention the Let's Felix Felicis because this is like one of my favourite yeah. moments. But before I go into my favourite moment, he um, tricks Ron with the Felix Felicis in the yeah. film, and Ron plays a blinder for the Quidditch team. But it's when Harry actually drinks it because um, he needs more information from Slughorn mm. about the Horcruxes because they're. If I remember rightly, the the memories it's it sort of cuts off and it sort of fades off and gets a well, bit it's muffled. Been tam- it's been tampered with because um, Professor Slughorn doesn't want anybody to think any anything bad of him. Yeah. Because actually, effectively, he could have assisted Voldemort in his journey to be like mm. the worst wizard. Mm. But Harry sort of comes across a little bit drunk. I think he's sort of got this air of Dutch courage, <laughs> and Slughorn sort of asks him, "How did you get out of the castle?" And he's like, "Oh, through the front door, sir." Exactly. How did you get out of the castle, Harry? Oh, through the front door, sir. Um, but it's, you know, I think he sort of marches off to go see Hagrid. He's like, where are you going? I was like, Harry, sir. I'll try and find the sound bite so we can sort of put it in here. Mm-hmm. But it's really important, though, because it's that kind of... Because security's really high. Yeah. And he's cocky about it, but that's the Felix speaking. Mm. Not. Um, but also we see Felix Felicis in the book a little bit further on. So when Harry and Dumbledore leave the castle to go to the cave... Death Eaters have already gone into the castle. Yes. And Harry actually in the book gives Ginny and the other um, members of the order some of the Felix and that actually assists them in staying alive. But we don't see that. No. Oh, but then again, I think that would... I don't think it's important to see it. You know, I don't mm. think it's a key, key thing. No, I don't, for the purpose of the film, which you are, you know, you have a finite amount of time, I don't think it's it was intrinsic, but it's, yeah, it's it's often forgotten. Yeah. It's where they find Hagrid as well, mourning Aragog's death. I mean, that spider looks so tiny compared to how I remember him in the second film. <laughs> Harry Just does a brilliant bit. With the pincers. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I didn't... Oh, don't worry yourself, you're not alone. Seriously misunderstood creatures spiders are. The eyes, I reckon, they unnerve some folk. Not to mention the pincers. I reckon that too. He's almost drunk, isn't he? With the, the yeah. under the influence, and he's a little bit silly. But we don't see him like that, do we? We don't see playful no. Harry. No. And then all of a sudden we see. Yeah. 
and they're uh, yeah they're at the um the wake or the burying mm. of this this gigantic or not so gigantic spider and you just see a different Harry and I quite liked it he's playful yeah. and yeah funny he was likable because yeah. actually sometimes Harry's really unlikable as a Debbie he? Downer and yeah I get it I get I get why you know you know the world's against you literally but come on mate crack a joke once in a while yeah I mean it's when they're in Hagrid's hut as well he's essentially watching Slughorn and Hagrid get shit faced and <laughs> he's just sat there like he's still a little bit drunk himself on this Felix yes. yeah. and then Hagrid passes out and I thought a big bloke like that wouldn't would have sort of held up against all the booze but Slughorn no he's fine yeah. but hold his alcohol. Harry gets all his info essentially mm. worth yeah. it good Definitely. film lots of fun and actually we see the slight um, what we presume to be the downfall of Snape don't we we do mm. Mm, big twist double agent not a nice guy so we think mm, but he's but a actually, nice guy really oh is he I don't know we'll come to that friend of the family so you don't have any favourite moments in no, this no, film I don't I'm not. really disappointed so you got nothing for the, the last three nope Oh, and this okay. is more disappointing than me liking the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, nope. <laughs> I just I think you've really let the side down. I think this is a really good film, and actually it's a solid film. Ah, too depressing. Fine, okay. Well, we can move on to the Hallows. Different um, tone, and I think it's just a slippery slope of, of depression and despair for the, the the series, and I'm just not mm. on board for it. Okay, well, in times of darkness. Well. Okay. Happiness can be found if one just remembers to switch on the light. Quite. As mm. Dumbledore once famously said. He did. But you know, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light. Well, I'll kick it off with Daffy Hallows Part 1. Uh, my favourite moment must. is where the Order of the Phoenix escort Harry to safety using Polyjuice Potion. Now, I was considering this. I mean, you got <laughs> you have got a lounge literally full of Harrys mm. and they all transform. They all look the same and it's just... Well, Harry in a bra is hilarious, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. silly. Good. Um, so oh. I, I do grant you that one. It is, it is a funny beginning. I, I suppose one of the better moments of that sequence is um, the ear moment. Is it George who's lost his yeah. friend? Uh, George who's lost his ear, and he says, "How are you feeling?" And he says, "I feel holy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the real saint-like. I feel holy. Is that I think towards the good. end of the, the film, isn't it? When they're is it is there? No. So at the beginning of the film, after they've escorted, um, people get waylaid, don't they? Because it's all because gone it's horribly time. wrong. Because yeah. Snape has, um, he has uh, cast a spell on. Uh, Mundungus Fletcher Mundungus and Mundungus has actually Brittany. said uh, he's told Mundungus what to say so he said you need to say seven potters oh okay you need to decoys and and then Snape goes to Voldemort and leaks the details Unfolding. and then it all goes wrong and we sadly lose Mad Eye yeah, he dies. But Hedwig. also, yeah. Hedwig, Hedwig dies as well. as well. But I'm not a fan of Hedwig. Nah. I found her to be very annoying. But anyway, we've lost Mad Eye, and then yep. um, poor um, George is um, brought in. Loses his ear, and then I and think Rubius Hagrid is a little bit injured as well. But he's okay because his yeah. his body kind of manages quite well with that sort of thing. He's half giant, isn't he? he? Is, yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's a good. It's a good start. It's a solid start. Um, it's a it's a big journey, though, isn't it? 
Certainly not the best of the two parts, I don't think. I got a bit bored. I mean, we do sort Some of... Some toads can get in the scene, get the, as far as I'm concerned. that moment at the end where Dobby dies. Very sad. Um, but to be honest, I think it was probably delivered better in the book, Dobby's death. More heartfelt. Yeah. yeah I I'm, think... remember reading the book and get to that point and actually sort of started to tug on my heartstrings a little bit. Mm. It's really, it's really sad. One of my colleague doesn't cry at the film, but when she reads the book, she will always cry at that moment. I can understand that. I think it's an incredibly sad moment because, like you said, he promised never to save Harry's life again. Yeah. He did it, but he did it in the most fantastic way. I like it when he t- takes the chandelier down on everyone. Oh, because like, it's so subtle and it's so it's like this kind of creaking noise yeah. of him undoing the bolt. It's just brilliant. And he's like, Dobby didn't want to kill he only meant to maim or something like that <laughs> yeah no no or so seriously innocent. injure he yeah. uses the words Dobby didn't mean to kill he just meant to seriously injure <laughs> yeah which is okay it's fine which, um, it, it's an okay film it has to be done it's simple mm. as that isn't it it has to be done going through the motions it's really hard though you've got three teenagers roughing it on the run um, and they are after something they quite frankly don't know and actually Poor Harry is in a situation where he's being blamed all the time. Why don't you know what we're looking for? Because a Horcrux could be anything. It could be a can of Diet Coke from 1972. Yeah. But it ain't. No. <laughs> but it's it's really difficult. And, yeah, I think that's a really... I do think it can be boring at times to watch, but it's a really important film for me. But mm. do we do we all agree, though, that it should never have been split into to two films? No, you had to have two films. I think that's such content, a big book. The book's a, a book. monster. But then you're sacrificing pretty much a whole, what a whole third of a film over the two of them because it just it, you got to stretch things out, and you it's mm. just it was dull. It lost pace, and no, uh, not for me. No, it, it had to be done. Um, I I think it was really important. Yeah, okay. um, I think I, yeah. I agree. It's a slow film, but it, you need it, like like you say, Vic. Yeah, and I think obviously the thing around, um, I think one of the best bits is leaving the wedding. Oh, yeah, where, yeah. With the Patronus to say, the ministry has fallen, they're on their way. And then like, the, the defeat is all coming. attack, and then they have to get out yeah, of there. Yeah, and they go straight to Tottenham Court Road. Brilliant. Yeah. Just something very simple. Brilliant, though. That and that's good. why we sort of see Harry and Ginny's romance starting to blossom. Yeah, but then end very abruptly, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And the wedding as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and then that starts the story of the life and lies of Umbus Dumbledore by Rita Skeeter. It does. She's a savage, isn't she? Well... She's a piece of work. I suppose it kind of proves that idols aren't always going to be all good, are they? And no. Dumbledore did have his bad points. He did. He had a dark backstory, his sister, um, and everything else that went with it. So. They say, never meet your heroes. They do, don't they? Mm. Mm. But I'd be quite happy to meet Spider-Man. I'd want to meet Spider-Man. I'd want to meet Kevin Smith. I love Kevin Smith. Um, I don't smoke, but I might get high with him. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, in in countries that allow that that that, that activity, down. certain states in America do. Yeah. I mean, he sells his own weed. Does he? Know? Fun fact, yeah, he does mm. like three different grades of weed. What, How like, oh no, um, oh no, what's that over there? Oh shit, it's coming, and oh fuck, I'm dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> like if you listen to his podcast, he's usually high right. every time. Okay. It oh. saved him actually. He had a heart attack um, oh. last year. It was called The Widowmaker, so only 20% of people survive. But because he was so calm and relaxed after the show, because he'd been smoking weed, it saved his life. Wow. Mm. Who thought it? 
again we're digressing but yeah so the hallows part two mm. <sighs> well it's where it comes um, to life isn't it one cannot live whilst the other survives yeah um my personal favorite i have to say after all this time always what after all this time always this Snape's moment. Oh, Snape's yes. moment when he is dies. When he's dying, yes. Beautiful. I was going to say, are, are, you, are you telling us that, that the final film is your favourite of all? Mm. I was about to flip the table. No, and... I feel that Snape's story <laughs> is everything. Okay. Snape's story yes. to me is everything. I think, I think, yeah, he's he's played a blinder and the 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 veil is, is lifted and we can see the true... Snape for what he is in his final moments, and it is it is quite a touching kind of exchange between him and Harry. He puts his dying tears into the vial, so he mm. can go put it into the what's the the thing um, in the pensive. Yeah, the pensive, yeah. and he sees the memories. And actually, he um, always loved Harry's mother. Um, actually, did care for Harry after all, no matter how sort of hard he was on him. Do you think? Well, isn't it funny that Dumbledore's in the scene is um, says to him, "Am I not to tell the greatest thing you've ever done?" Because mm. Snape's very much no one can know. Yeah. Um, and he saved Harry's life many times. And that's really nice. And I also think the bit uh, around King's Cross is really important as well. Mm. Because we need that resolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need that resolution of um, Dumbledore to say, I'm really sorry, Harry, can you forgive me? I've made some foolish mistakes. Yeah. And that's his Horcrux dying as well. I think that's, I think that's depicted mm. really well in the film. Actually better than in the book. It's funny to say we talk about Snape saving Harry's life in the first film where they're playing Quidditch mm. and you think it's Snape that's doing the curse to shake him off the broom but actually he was trying to reverse it. Yeah, he was. And you can you can see these little kind of subtle um, moments throughout the films that are interwoven. It's not just about him you know, being a nemesis in school. Actually, he's he is a supporter but you don't really realise that until it all comes to a head. And it, it is quite a nice moment. Mm. For all of my, my comments about how I don't like it, it is nice how it's revealed and, and you do a, see a softer side to to that character. Yeah. You're not expecting. Clever double agent. Yeah, yeah, fantastic actor as well, Alan Rickman was. Absolutely phenomenal, oh, wasn't he? We talk brilliant. about him all the time on the weekly roundup. Yeah, we we well, we are his his appreciation society. Mm. He's in our favourite nineties movies, I think. Yes. Episode. Uh, Die Hard. Yeah. Um in these as well and yeah, it's just it's brilliant. It's wonderful stuff. I mean, one of my favourite moments, it's probably the least expected, I think. It's We're going to talk about Bellatrix Lestrange and her ending, essentially, because you essentially think it would be Neville that was going to do it because she essentially um, tortured his parents, am I right? Yeah, and yes. I think, yeah. But Neville's off, but he's busy. He's killing the guinea. Well, yeah. Um, but we see Mrs Weasley in battle, and we've never seen that in the films before. No, I think that was really good. I think that was really exciting as well. That mm. needed its moment. I think Neville to kill her would have been cheap because, mm. I mean, I don't know whether you guys know the thing about Neville. There's a thing. Yeah? He's quite know? good looking these days, I know that. Oh, yeah. No, like from not... I mean, Long they bottoming, I think it's called, is it? Yeah, they yeah. should have called Suffer. him he who, mustn't, he who Will Never Be Laid. Yeah. I mean, and then look at him now. Yeah, Come look on. at him. Handsome bastard. He yeah. Is. He's a good looking chap. So Neville was born on the 31st of July. Okay. And the prophet, the original prophecy states, as was Harry, 31st of July, oh. the original prophecy states that he who has the power to vanquish the Dark Lord will be born as the seventh month dies. He will have um, power that the Lord, Dark Lord has not, mm-hmm. and one cannot live whilst the other survives. 
Voldemort got his prophecy wrong. He chose Harry. Yeah. And actually, that could have meant two boys, because it also stipulates who his parents have thrice um, got away from the Dark Lord, being uh, Lily and James mm. and um, Frank and Alice Longbottom. Mm-hmm. So he chose Harry. It could have set him Vindictive. on a completely. But actually, I think that was so brilliant that Neville got his moment. Yeah. You know the moment where he gets the sword. Yeah. Harry didn't die in vain. No. He didn't, you know, and he just had these really the lovely moments, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and then he says, now you're going to die, and then Harry's like, oh, God, he can't do this. I'll sort it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I got this. Yeah, no, it is a good moment, actually. I think it's nice to see Neville, because he's almost the um, the class clown, isn't he, in the first couple of films, and then mm. he starts to step up and is part of the, the order, and then he's a meaningful character towards the end in the books, and yeah. he starts to step up, and he's, well, he's, he's a saviour in... For intents and purposes, at the end of yeah. the, uh, the book, isn't he? And he's got a similar story. He lost his parents, but he's had the worst torture of his parents are still alive. Yeah. We yeah. see them in the Phoenix, don't we? We do. They're in St Mungo's and they're very unwell. They are. And poor um, Neville has to kind of live with that. And he's always been refrained as this kind of disappointment to his family. Mm. And then eventually, by the final books, Neville's really proud to tell them, oh my God, my nan's really proud to have his grandson. Yeah. So it's really nice. Yeah, it's nice. Nice touch. Um, but yeah, so back to Mrs. Weasley. I mean, she is a very nurturing mother and wife, so she's always looking after her kids and husband. And she is essentially like a bear protecting her cubs. Yeah, so 100%. someone threatening her children, she's obviously going to come to their age. She's mm. going to go medieval on them. Um, and I, if I recall, it's Bellatrix trying to kill Ginny. And obviously we see Mrs. Weasley's scary side. Not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> I don't know what spell she uses. I wouldn't Not know. Not my daughter, you bitch, is the That's word, it. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a bit cringeworthy, they're, I must admit. They're having a little joust and all of a sudden Mrs. Weasley shoots Bellatrix in the stomach or the heart with a... Straight in the chest. Straight in the chest. I don't, say, I don't know what... It's what's... a jinx. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. It would be a killing curse. And then forbidden. Bellatrix sort of just crumbles and turns into dust. Oh, does she? Yeah, a bit like oh. the uh, the snapping. Oh, right. Or, as we will not mention it, the blip. No, it's not the blip. No. That's not a thing, it's a snapping. But that rounds up for my favourite moments, unless we have any more. How about you, Vic? You got anything else? I don't believe 19 years later needed to be done. Agreed. Oh, 100%. It's cheap, in it? It's cheap. Yeah. But also... I just think that moment of like leaving the castle, it's all happened. Just break your wand in half. Ron and Hermione are now together. Got to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the end. Just end there. We don't need 19 years later because no. ultimately we know Horcruxes are gone. Voldemort's gone. Just get on with your education. Go and become an aura, you know, go yeah. and do some stuff. But just, you I know. Think, I think she shot herself in the foot with yeah. her wand because actually you could have. 20 years later done that as a film mm. but almost doing that that kind of scene has kind of stunted that ability to be able to tell the next set of stories for those characters yeah I mean don't they do all the look reboot? weird don't yeah. they all look so strange on did that a platform? poor effort of yeah. trying to, to age them it just, it just didn't work I didn't get it and 
it was nice to see, but ultimately it's not what we wanted or needed and should never have been there. I mean, it was in the book as well, wasn't it? Because I think I managed, yes. to read, yeah. I managed to read all the it's books about, before the last... Was it about ten pages or something? Out. It was quite long. It was, it was too long. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, just, it was unnecessary. I guess yeah. it was the kind of like um, one of the children, Albus Severus, named after the oh. two um, head teachers of... Um, Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a nice nod. It's nice to say that they've gone through all of this uh-huh. and then they're living and it's almost as though it's, it's starting again for a new kind of inset, but you didn't need it. Going to start a new hashtag it's here. too much. Oh, yeah. Vomity. Vomity? Yeah, vomit and comedy. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Hashtag vomity. Let's chuck those okay. in the socials now. We've done it. Um, but yeah, we didn't need it at all. Yeah. No. Good. Really strong moments. Good yeah. choices, guys. Um, but there are choices. We've got some from the, the social media, don't we? Don't? Oh, we do indeed. Yeah, we've got. Um, we put. We always put out feelers, guys, um, and we'll give you some contact details in just a little bit for you to, to get involved. You haven't missed the boat. Um, but we've got a couple of people who've written in and let us know their thoughts. We do. We? So first up, we got Sean, and he says, "There's so many moments, but when Ron plays chess, was that in the first film? Yeah, Where Philosopher's Stone. It was. Yeah, oh, that's Wizard chess. Yeah, I like that. It's okay." It's pretty dramatic, actually. He, he mounts a horse and he, he directs the uh, the other two to, to be the chess pieces and ultimately allows... Well, it takes one for the team, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, it's good for him to actually be good at something. Yeah. 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 That's, it? yeah. That's a good, good choice. Uh, Neville becoming a badass hero and killing Nagini, which 100%. we've mentioned. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, think, I think it's just... It's only fair you do that to the character because up until that point, he hadn't really yeah. had much of a role, but... I think to, he did in the books. He was really well, yeah, towards there. the end. Mm. But I mean, it, at the beginning of the the, the stories and the films, I said you know he's he's like the class joke, and it's just he had a, quite a, a troubled kind of background and upbringing as a, as a cat, and for him to actually be the hero, I think was just 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 I think, the right thing to do. Yeah, and it's important that other people get to kill the Horcruxes. Ron got his, Hermione got hers, Harry did some, Dumbledore did one, Neville's done one, yeah. and then the final, you know, final being yeah. Harry. Yeah. And his good, good final favourite moment was Myrtle's peek at Harry's wand again, <laughs> revisiting the goblet. Absolutely, she's naughty. Do you think she that's is. a little bit naughty for the film? I just think there's some horrible but... moments to read. Like Harry mm. grabbed his wand and the white stuff protruded, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. Oh yeah, so many euphemisms in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, as you're following the films, he is teenage, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so you know, he's. He's going to start to to be referencing this coming of age and having these thoughts and stuff. So uh, you don't see much sexuality from Harry, though, do you? You see lots no. of from Ginny. Ginny is a get around, isn't yeah. she? I mean, book, uh, book five. She's been with everyone. She's with mm. Michael Corner, and then by book six, she's crying over Dean Thomas. Then she gets with Harry. She's had a lot of boys. She has. She's she's enjoyed high school <laughs> or Hogwarts. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, I think he's a bit. It's a bit of filth from. Uh, from the ghost, the apparition. Certainly not a life I enjoyed in secondary school, anyway. Being the the school whore. Oh no, I was never that at oh, all. Right. Okay. I never got the girl ever. I was useless. Not even during your visit to the cinemas. You find out a couple of episodes. Before. Oh yeah, I even failed in that as we as we learned, sadly. But you know, at least you had the kahunas to try. Oh, I tried yeah. and just failed miserably every time. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Kelly. Uh, one of your favourite moments as well yeah. is her, she's put it this way Hermione twatting Draco was a personal <laughs> favourite yeah yeah and it's just yeah it's just it's just you don't really see another um, kind of event where mm. you see Malfoy getting what he deserves um, he's rescued 
as the the hall of requirement member of requirement burned down yeah he is very and lucky i would have left him personally so but then doesn't ron punch him in the face in the book doesn't he i think this he is does. the second time we've saved your life tonight you yeah, dickhead sort yeah. of thing yeah so yeah it's um i think he's just deserved at that time for sure really good scene and last up, we've got Stephanie. You know, this is going to be controversial to all of us in the room, but I think, I think we could probably swing Steph back around on this one. We can, we can try it. Um, the Harry Potter films ruined my childhood, and I will elaborate. So I asked her to explain. I saw the first two when they came out. Appalling acting, shockingly bad CGI, and just awful. I was twelve-ish at the time and didn't understand that adult, what adult thought this nonsense was acceptable to be viewed by the general public. I loved the books. My favourite teacher got our Year 5 class into them, but I couldn't bring myself to read them after the films came out. I never finished the series. Shock. Mm. Um, Not missing much at the end, though. So now I'm bitter that other people got to enjoy the books and the films while I will never know what happened. I literally seethe when I think about it. There's still time. And, you know, look, I can understand if you're taking a particular opinion of the first film. Yeah, ain't great acting. You know, they're kids. They're, mm. what, nine, ten years they're old? They're 11. 11. I mean, they're 11-year-olds. They are very wooden and they're very cheesy. Of course they are. But by the second film, a couple of years later, they they learn very quickly how to, to act. And, oh, yeah. Okay, so um, there's, there's still some teething issues, but I think that's that's why you look past that and you that's why you get on board with the second, third and so forth films. You've got to forgive poor acting sometimes. You have to. But, but, and CGI, it was a, it was a thing of its have. time. Of course thing you have. Of time. But, but just look at it. To give up on the books when, like we say, well, they're so intricate, mm. there's so much more into them, maybe you can yeah. bring Steph back around. Um, I, I suppose um, Steph read some of the books. If I was her, I would um, commit to reading them properly. Ignore the films. Ignore what you've seen yeah, in cinema. Good, good Focus advice, down. Pretend that you've, you're reading this for the first time and that you're really... You don't know these characters. You don't know Judgment what you hear in. Um, you don't know what you hear in the media. You don't know what you kind of have seen in social media and things. Ignore it all. Have a read, and I guarantee you, if you don't want to read it, because reading can be quite difficult to actually physically read mm. it, just audible it because it is phenomenal. Stephen Fry's voice is like chocolate. It's just beautiful. I love mm. Stephen Fry, and it's so well read. It's just, mm. it's fantastic. I, I say, agree. you can't cram all the books into into the films. It's just justice. so much going on. You say, there's so, so many like, things that weave into each other. It's so clever. Mm. And then actually, I'd, I'd love to go back and revisit them at some stage. And it was Steph, you say? Steph, yeah. No, it looks Steph. Um, I can't see where you're coming from. Fresh adult pair of eyes. Sit down, relax. Enjoy the first couple of books. They're quite short, aren't they, Vic? They're like... A bunch of pages, tops. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I I tend to do Audible myself. Um, well, I that's th- a couple of hours. Yeah, but I think that um, even if you did like um, just before you go to sleep, I tend to listen to Philosopher's Stone if I can't sleep because I never get through the first chapter. That's because it's not boring, because, just because it's no, not because it's boring. It's because Stephen Fry's voice is really good to go to sleep to, but also you really yeah. embed the story. Uh, do not, and I repeat, do not ever not put the timer on Audible because I have had many a night when I have woken up at four in the morning to hear um, something about Voldemort and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it's scary. scary, isn't it? Voldemort in your, in your bedroom. Yeah, you yeah. don't want, don't so, want to wake uh, up to that name in your room. But yeah, um, yeah I, I'd say start at the beginning. Or just give it a go on YouTube. Like um, Jim Dale does a very good version. Some people are really happy with his. That's on YouTube, so you can check that out. Um, put I a link personally, in the description below. 
uh, feel that Stephen Fry does it the best justice because I feel that um, Jim Dale has got more of a comedial type voice. Mm. So my view mm. is definitely Fry all the way. Good. Okay. So hopefully we've brought Steph around. Um, but hopefully she can keep in touch and let us know periodically how she's getting on. She's basically family to me, so I uh, I will... Make sure you check in regularly to see how she's getting on through his books, Dan. I will show at the end of this episode if she doesn't want to listen to the whole thing. We'll be upset. Yeah. She needs to. Um, but if you also have missed perhaps this this episode in terms of your feedback, but you inherently disagree with the fact I don't... I'm not a fan of the last three, three films or books. That's fine. Or if perhaps we've chosen the wrong moments, you can also get in contact to let us know. We can mention that in an upcoming episode. Dan, how can our uh, our friends and listeners get in contact with us? Well, we're on Facebook on The Weekly Roundup with Alex and Dan. We are on Twitter at hello underscore TWRed. We are on Instagram at hello dot TWRed. Oh, yes. And then there is Gmail, which is hello dot at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can leave us a voice message and we'll put you into the show. How yeah. can they do that, Alex? Yeah, so um, there is a link in the description below where the contact information we've got to do is click on that link, except the use of your microphone, don't worry, not listen to you. Um, and what you can do is you can use that almost as a voice message. <clears throat> And uh, we can then take that voice message and put you, as we've done with our, a couple of listeners before, straight to the show. And you can feature, as long as, you know, it's not the language isn't too blue, um, mm. you know, it should, should be fine. So please do do let us know your thoughts and feelings, as uh, as other people have done before. And, yeah, you can feature in the upcoming episode. Um, and to that end, Dan, it's Christmas time. What can our listeners expect if they want to perhaps get into to the festive feels with the weekly roundup? Well, we're coming up to the end of the year. So last year we did our upcoming moments for 2020. Yeah, um, most, most anticipated. anticipated. Yeah, so we want to know what you're looking forward to in the music world, the film world, TV music. world, etc., etc. Let us know. Um, what do you buy people for Christmas? Yeah, pop culture presents. Um, so that'd be quite an interesting one if you're, if you're stuck for ideas mm. or you have something to impart and let us know what your go-tos are. That'll also be good for us to, to hear about. And we've also got our Christmas Day message. Yes. Whereas we did last year, we're going to give you probably about five or ten minutes just whilst we're stuffing our faces full of chocolates and uh, pigs in blankets probably for me and Dan. It's time to bring the uh, that social media picture out again where one of my friends oh, photoshopped beauty. me onto Queenie. It's lovely. It's it's a harrowing image and no one needs to see that. But we're going <laughs> to dust it off and we'll, we'll put it straight onto your faces uh, as you did last year. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we've got plenty to look forward to. And if you have any recommendations either for the end of this year or for, uh, for perhaps 2020, get in contact to let us know. We have followed up on homework before, Dan, haven't mm. we? Before we round this up as well, big thank you to Vicky for being yeah, on the show. Shout out to Vicky. Thank, thank you, you for, much, for our resident expert on Harry Potter for the uh, the channel. And big thank you to Chichester Hostel Radio for allowing us to use their studio, which is your haunt on a on a Monday night. Monday night, yeah, 14.31am or online. You can listen to me with the team on Monday nights on the internet. All you've got to do is search for Chichester Hospital Radio. And yeah, 8 or 10, I'll be on there usually. Um, but yeah, we're in the, the lovely, lovely studio. Because mm. we can't record on three people under one mic, only, no. only two. So, yeah, big shout out to those guys we have a lot of love for. Uh, but I guess for a uh, another week, uh, well, apparently I'm hanging my head in, in shame about <laughs> uh, my revelation of the final three Harry Potter films. I've been Alex. I'm, slith- uh, I'm <laughs> slithering out. I'm Dan. And I've been sorted and I'm off. I'm Vicky. Thanks very much. See you next week. 